Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter. Badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Good evening and welcome to the best time you can have if you're a wrestling fan on Sunday night. This is Dr. John Staney, and welcome to Wrestling Tonight. We've got a great show, wonderful people, and we're going to have the best time you can have on the Internet. For an hour and a half. I would like to first introduce my co-host from the soon-to-be chilly Chicago, Chaz Moretti. How are you, Chaz? Oh, I'm fine, Dr. John. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's not soon-to-be chilly. It's chilly up there now. And I'll tell you, we oh. skipped fall went right to winter up there. Oof. Something Uh-oh. else. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm... I was up in the Midlands of South Carolina for several days, had on a jacket. I'm back down here, got a short sleeve shirt on. I love Myrtle Beach, I'll tell you that. Well, we're glad to have you, and I would like to introduce two of our co-hosts, and then I want you to get to the man of the hour. Actually, he's probably the man of the decade, but we'll let you get to the man of the hour. After I, after I first introduce ladies first from Springdale, Arkansas, Granny Hulkster. How are you, Granny? Well, Dr. John, I'm fine. Thank you for asking, and always a pleasure to be on with you all. We're always glad to have you. Oh, we're glad to have you. Yep, and here he is. Um, Let me bring him on. Here he is sneaking in from Richmond, Virginia, the professor of wrestling, Steve Logan. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'll be listening in, but uh, I might have some comments or questions later. And I'm doing good. Uh, uh, New Japan, New Japan uh, G1 Climax 30 tournament just wrapped up this weekend, so lots of wrestling to catch up on later. I know you're excited. And of course, in the middle of his trip from the West Coast to the East Coast, one of our favorite people in the world, the old wild man himself, Malcolm Wildman. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Well, I was um, I was in Walmart and I was wearing my 
Hulkamania jacket I bought at Christmas last year from the WWE shop, and this guy's Hulkamania, brother. <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold it, hold it, hold it. That's the best you got for us tonight, Malcolm. You're not going to no, give no, us a real Hulk Hogan? I'm, Come on. No, no, I, I, was just, I was just talking about him. I'm, uh, I'll do something big, you know, on the uh, show. But, cool. Yeah. But, Chaz, I'm nope. in Sydney, Nebraska. It's cold here, and I love it, man. I haven't been cold like this since I was in the Army. Last time I was in Macedonia in Germany. I'm loving God it. God bless you. Yeah. Well, we're we're glad we're glad you're in Sydney, not Australia, but <laughs> Sydney, Nebraska. We hope you got a great hotel room and we're glad to have you with us on the one, the only wrestling tonight. Well, Chad, I want you to introduce the man of the day and the man of the decade. Right now, kind sir. Our our first guest tonight on Wrestling Tonight. Not a problem. This man is a man that needs no introduction the world over, but I'm going to do him the honor of one. He is the true godfather of professional wrestling, the president and CEO of the North American Wrestling Alliance, which is going to be back with a vengeance very soon. I give you the one and only Tony Capone. Tony, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Great, Chaz. Thank you for having me on. Dr. John, Granny Hulkster, how are you? My man Malcolm, how's everything going tonight? Good. And Steve, of course, Steve. Glad to be on. Now, Tony, let's get right down to it. We hear so many announcements about the NAWA. What's going on this week? Well, there's there's a lot happening. Uh, as you're aware, we mentioned it last week also. It's official. The NAWA is coming back, and it's going to start with the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida, Saturday night, December 19th. It is going to be live on Fight TV. It's going to be a pay-per-view event with a half-hour live pre-show. And uh, it's going to be broadcasted right now in English and Spanish. And we're trying to have other translations with other companies right now as we speak. Uh, so talent has been signed. Uh, I can just tell you that uh, unofficially or officially, the card will be announced this week. But uh, we do have, as it's been announced on the uh, website and on uh, NAWA Wrestling and Tony Capone, NAWA uh, Facebook, that uh, Gangrel is going to be on the show. Uh, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart's going to be on the show. Wow. Gangrel. Uh, wow. Yeah. Hey, this is going to be on the show, you know, and uh, we're in final negotiations with one and only uh, Dave Moore Smith Jr., you know, British Bulldog, second generation, yeah. you know, and uh, it doesn't get better than that, I'll tell you. We've been reaching out to all the top stars, uh, James Storm, Chad Stevens, uh, you know, uh, Tell the storm. I mean, they're all out there, and we're going to have a elite of the elite at the Ocean Center for Jingle Brawl on December 19th in Daytona Beach, Florida. Wow, what that, a lineup! That is awesome news. You're right. What a, what a lineup! And we're not even and you're not even done announcing that lineup. My God, what a show that's going to be! One thing I can tell you that just took place this week, and it hasn't been announced yet, it'll probably come out live, I would say, Wednesday or Thursday this week, and this is why the Wrestling Tonight is uh, such a great platform for the end of the way for the fans to get the inside look of what's happening. Uh, we have finalized the deal with Fight TV on a long-term agreement, and starting the first Thursday of January, we are going to have a weekly program free on Fight TV and it's going to be a weekly wrestling program, just like anyone else is out there. 
Uh, we are negotiating with national organizations also, national television. Uh, but right now we decided to uh, accept the offer that Fight TV has offered us. So starting the first Thursday of January at 8 p.m., uh, you'll be able to see NAWA live each and every week. Wow, that's great. I mean, you know, Fight TV has come such a long way in terms of being uh, recognized in, in a widely um, streamed platform that it's just uh, it's it's awesome that we're that we and by me I mean the NAWA are connected with Fight TV. That's just great news. Yeah, no, it was a it's been a long road to get to where we're at with uh, Fight TV. Uh, we're just not another independent organization that's out there, and the owner of Fight TV realizes that and has given us a unique platform, a different type of agreement than any other company that has out there. And uh, you just have to wait and see. Uh, our preview video for uh, Jingle Brawl will be out this week. should be out by Wednesday, Thursday this week, and tickets will be officially on sale as of Wednesday. And uh, we're just wrapping up everything. took us a little bit behind uh, because of the pandemic to put everything into place, but... It's there, and everything's coming in as we speak. So the official announcement will probably Wednesday or Thursday of this week uh, through Ocean Center, uh, you know, Ticketmaster, and through Fight TV. That's great. No, that's great. And and um, uh, you said you said earlier that ticket announcements, as far as buying tickets to the event, will be also made later on. That's correct. It'll be out sometime this week. Uh, tickets are ranging from low low twenties to uh, mid fifties for front row. Uh, ringside, and uh, it's very comfortable for what you're getting for the amount of talent that's on the show. Uh, you know, there's a lot of thought that went into it. Uh, you know, the pay-per-view event is going to be uh, priced at 14.99, which we try to make it as reasonable as possible. But there's expenses. There's a lot of expenses doing a live event. Um, the caliber that we're doing it. Uh, yeah, we could have gone a cheap way, cheap production, but uh, our debut has to be the best of the best. Or else I wouldn't do it. That's just me personally. Absolutely. I mean, that we, you know, the NAWA has touted all along that we are going to be back with a vengeance. And, you know, it, we're, we mean what we say. It's going to happen. And I well, think the, I think I the fans you, recognize that, and, and I think that it's going to get only bigger and better. Well, there's so much to talk about, but I want to give uh, credit to uh, Charlie Bernese. He was my one of my original uh, TV camera guys, him and Ron, back in the days. And uh, they became very famous for the ECW production from beginning to end. And I'm proud to announce that uh, Charlie is on board with me full-time, and he is going to be the actual director for the production. And it's his camera crew and his guys that are going to be doing the live streaming. So uh, it's going to be a unique style, and uh, Charlie and myself are speaking on a daily basis in regards to what our vision is, and uh, he's on board. So we've had a lot of free productions behind the scene, but uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Charlie Bernese for his help in uh, relaunching in NWA and getting it back to where it's going to be. Very good, very good. You know, Tone, you and I can talk all night long, but I, I think I want to open it up to the panel a little bit and uh, see if Dr. John, Steve, and Malcolm and Granny might have some questions or some comments about what's going on with the NAWA. If you don't mind, I'd like to do that. How's that sound? No, that's that's fine. There's other things I want to talk about. That's great right now, just to break the monotony a little bit. And sure, shoot away. Let's go. All right, very good. All right, guys, uh, please feel free. Let's keep it to one question per for this round, and then Tony's going to make some further announcements. All right, so Dr. who would like yeah, to start? I've got a question for you. Okay. All right, very good, Dr. John. Go ahead. Are, are you ready? I was talking tonight. Uh, actually, I was visiting a little bit today with Susan Green, 
and we have determined that she was, back in the day, the NAWA World Heavyweight Women's Champion. Do you remember those days? Dr. John, you got me there. Uh, vaguely, I remember back to the early days, but uh, no, I do and I don't. Uh, there's so much history and people that are coming out from the past and a lot of things that we did. And it's just uh, looking at old footage that's starting to come out from back in the days when we first started in the late 80s. It's just uh, there's so much there that's been pressed or hidden over the years inside of me. And uh, it's all starting to come out and uh, literally being brought to the forefront. And it's amazing day by day uh, footage and the stuff that I'm finding. And it's like, well, I don't even remember that. I don't remember even being there at ringside, you know, but uh, it's great. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of announcements about stuff that we just found and everything else going on. But uh, uh, I do and I don't to a degree, if that helps us. Right. I can tell you that just posted on uh, YouTube is a title defense by Susan Green against Leilani Kai. And I tell you what, those girls could re- those girls could wrestle like you wouldn't believe. It was great. We're going to have Susan on later tonight. I hope you can uh, stay on to enjoy talking with her just a little bit when she comes on. Oh, uh, she's just a great honor. great lady. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, super. Well, that, that was my reflection. That was a reflection question, Tony. How was that one? That was good. That was good. It got me thinking there for a second, Doctor John. I give you credit, boy. Okay. All right, anybody else? Granny, Malcolm, Steve? Um, yeah, I was definitely glad to hear that you announced uh, Gangro and Gavegas. Uh, I don't really have any questions. I just wanted to comment on it before uh, interviews get started. But, yeah, definitely looking forward to more announcements on the uh, debut card. Thank you. So oh, I do appreciate it. Like I, like I said, we're really trying to put – uh, this is not just one day. We've been working for talent for about eight, six to eight weeks nonstop, and uh, we're bringing the best of the best. Who's out there in the independent from either ROH or Impact, TNA, and LW? Doesn't make a difference. Uh, bottom line is, I have them. We have them in the NAWA. You know, from the Slambinos to Gangrel. I mean, all of them. Uh, James Storm. I mean, just. We try to take the best of the best out there, and uh, I'm actually uh, privileged to say that I have a roster of these caliber of guys uh, willing to come on board with the NAWA. It's very humbling. That's That's awesome. Granny, Malcolm, anything from you guys? And and also Velvet's with us, too, Chad. He just came on board. There goes the neighborhood. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, I really don't have any questions, but December 19th, that is a special day for Granny because that's mine and my husband's. That's going to be our 11th year wedding anniversary, and right. what a, that, that would be such an awesome thing to get to see, you know, I mean, being that my husband and I both love wrestling, but like I said, I'm just excited about the, you know, the more big announcements coming. I I can't wait to see this. I mean, this this is going to be amazing. I mean, I it, it just sounds so exciting. Thank you so much, Granny. I, I really do appreciate this, and it's just basically not just the wrestling fans in the United States, but we do have a following internationally, and uh, it's not just for a U.S. base. This is really bringing 
international fans to our card, to our venue, to our event. And uh, I really believe with the uh, organization that's behind us that we have, and we're on the right track right now. It's just a matter of uh, uh, this is like a 10,000-piece jiggle, you know, jigsaw puzzle. You know, it's not like a 50-piece one. So there's so many little components especially with the relaunch to get everything together between websites and venues and uh, reaching out to other places in the United States to throw events and negotiating certain deals in other countries. It, it's a lot of work, but uh, long-term, it's all going to pay off. And, Granny, thank you so much. I do appreciate your support and what we're doing and your family's support also. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, so where's our resident cornhusker? Malcolm, you're in the spotlight, <laughs> brother. Yeah, hey, uh, Tony, I think it's great that Davy Boy Smith Jr., Harry Smith, he's one of my best friends from Big Time Wrestling. I'm so excited to see him again at this event. And then you mentioned, oh, I love this guy. I've met him two times, Tennessee Cowboy James Storm at Beer Money Incorporated in TNA. So uh, about your damn luck. I just love that guy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Malcolm, you're oh, awesome, man. I, I love you, Malcolm. You're the best. I tell you. Just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't became... wait to meet you guys. I'm serious. I'm excited. <laughs> Malcolm, I became a fan of yours. I'll tell you, you're, you're one of a kind. You're unique, and uh, you know I'm, I'm humbled that uh, we're friends. I really do. I do appreciate your well, friendship. Well, you know, Tony, I've been wearing my Hulk Hogan jacket from the WWE shop I got Christmas last year. Huh? What you gonna do? Let Tony Capone and the NWA and Chaz Marie rumble, destroy, and run wild on you, brother. <laughs> oh, you're gonna pop up one day one day doing that. <laughs> can I follow up on something? Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Uh, I am also glad to hear the announcement of Harry Smith being signed because uh, I, I like his work in MOW, especially against uh, Timothy Thatcher. So, also a good uh, get by uh, MAWA. Thank you, thank you, Steve. I do appreciate that and. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, if you could read between the lines, uh, you know, you never know. There might be a guest from uh, Harry's family on the show, and you just never know. Oh, nice. That'd be interesting. My family and I got to meet Harry Smith at a CWA show down in Maumelle, Arkansas. Uh, oh, gosh, how long ago was it? It was several months ago because before the pandemic hit. He was such an awesome guy. I mean, just absolutely amazing. Oh, he is so easy to deal with and such a professional. Really, uh, it's been great talking to him and negotiating with him and just uh, so down to earth. You know, I mean, uh, you know, with his family legacy, uh, you would think uh, a wrestler like that would have some kind of a, an attitude or no. He is like so down to earth and so easy to talk to. And with the fans, I see them interact with fans and it's just incredible the way uh, Harry presents himself overall. It really is. Yeah, he was absolutely amazing. Just it was so wonderful to get to meet him. So, you know what? I, what I think is so interesting about um, having Harry Smith on board is it fits along so perfectly with with one of our themes, which is basically old school wrestling with a new school vibe. I mean, if anybody embodies that, it's Harry Smith. Absolutely. I mean, his dad was by far such an incredible worker and uh, the whole family. And, 
I was privileged and honored to be with the WWF back in those days doing house shows in the dressing room and, you know, behind the scenes with them and, you know, personify class act. I, I, I can't say nothing negative about the family in general. Uh, I really can't. Uh, they are one of the wrestling families that you look up to and, uh, you know, some great talent came out of uh, Stu Hart's dungeon and, uh, you know, the rest is history. What uh, came out of Stampede up in Canada. I mean, it really is. Oh, sure. Definitely. All right, now I, I have to let him. Uh, I have to let him speak before he starts crying, and starts calling my wife and and talking badly about me. The amazing Velvet, welcome to the show. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> oh, you know I love you. I love you about as much as Granny loves me. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, it's all good. No, I think I think everything is. Uh, looks like it's motoring right along for NAWA and Tony. That's awesome, dude. Uh, I wish y'all all the best. I think it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to see what what else is coming. I'm enjoying every bit. Every time I hear something, I enjoy every bit of it. Well, I appreciate that, Velvet. I mean, it's really uh, it's it's tiresome working nonstop, and you know, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he knows what's going on behind the scenes, and it's just like so much work, you know, 20, 22 hours, and sometimes 48 hours straight, nonstop, uh, you know, just that energy drive to make this happen the right way, you know, and uh, if I can parlay that into, you know, a second part of, like, announcements and stuff, you know, when we started talking about going on the road, and we started looking about, uh, you know, outside of New York, and, you know, Daytona opened up because of the uh, the pandemic, right. that's how this whole Florida started, and uh, I want to give a special shout-out to a very personal friend of mine who was actually, uh, as of today, still the commissioner of the end of the way. His name is Big Daddy, the Guardian of Chaos. And he does a uh, radio podcast of his own, which is on Twitter and uh, all the other uh, YouTube channels and everything else. But every Thursday night he does a show with uh, a unique gentleman named uh, Dino, Patrick Ryan's show. And he's out of uh, Wyoming. And, uh, yeah, I got to uh, informally meet uh, Patrick Ryan and uh, – he was a big star on Sirius Radio and everything else, and uh, he opened up the doors for us to start um, with Wyoming. And it, you know, started as a joke, but uh, we're in final stages. We have uh, two contracts out right now to finalize for 2021 to go to uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and to go to Casper, Wyoming, and then you know the Riley Arena. So you know, there's three areas in uh, Wyoming that we're going to spread out to uh, sometime in 2021. Uh, outside of our New York base, Florida base, and now we're going to be in Wyoming. And there's certain negotiations in Las Vegas as we speak right now. So uh, it's all coming together. You know, So it's not one event. We're actually getting our roster and our event schedule for 2021. And uh, you know, we're being careful because the pandemic's still here. We don't know if it's going to open or close. And you, know, you don't want to start booking stuff. And then you have to change things. So it's it's a tough time right now. But uh, I'm moving forward positive, thinking that hey, it's all going to be good, and uh, that's the way I think. I take the negativity out and just move positive. So, yeah, like I said, I want to give a special shout out to uh, Big Daddy, Guardian of Chaos, and uh, Dino from the Patrick Ryan Show, who's a big supporter of the NWA, and uh, for him opening up doors for us in the Wyoming area, which will be there, like I said, in 2021. Well, there you have it, fans. Cheyenne, Wyoming, <clears throat> Casper, Wyoming. NAWA going out to the Great White West. It's going to be awesome. Now, Tony, you said you had a few other things you wanted to talk about. The floor is yours, my friend. Well, I mean, we reached out, and we've been reaching out for the last six months or so at least. And uh, 
uh, reaching out to a lot of people that worked with the NAWA, not just wrestlers per se, but other personalities, you know, stars and celebrities. And, uh, you know, a couple of them have gotten back to me, but also I'd just like to give a special shout out to, well, you know, Fred the Elephant Boy, you know, from the Howard Stern Show, who was back on the Howard Stern Show and who was a big supporter of the NWA back in 99 to 2002 and was on tour with us and uh, just spoke to him recently again. And, you know, he's back on board with the NWA. And uh, I'd like to give a special shout out to, you know, Fred the Elephant Boy, who's going to be, you know, parlaying as a semi celebrity with the NWA in conjunction with uh, calls that are out to uh, Chuck Zito from Oz and, you know, Vinny Pastor for The Sopranos and Michael Imperioli and uh, Larry Romano, all those cool guys that worked with the end of the way to get it to where it was back in those days and just that nostalgia, starstruck uh, feeling to it. Uh, in addition to the stars and celebrities from my area, which is Mount Vernon, New York, that's where I was born and raised, and that's where the end of the way uh, originally originated from, from day one. Wow. I mean, you just... Here, you got me speechless. I mean, that lineup alone of people that are are just giants in the entertainment field that are connected and and were connected with the NAWA is is it's mind-boggling to say the least. It, it really is, and you know, a lot of people, like I said, uh, we never really outside of what we did in Sports Channel America and our comeback in 99 to 2002, and then we started doing small house shows, not small house shows, the house shows in the New York area, uh, to 2016. But, uh, you know, behind the scenes, these guys, and, uh, you know, specifically the Soprano crew, I mean, they were at the Westchester County Center uh, scouting our wrestlers to be, you know, bid parts on, you know, the Sopranos. And, uh, you know, that, that whole... Uh, my personal background has always been in the entertainment field, you know, from boxing to wrestling to comedy to music. Mm-hmm. I mean, every genre. And, uh, you know, that, all I can tell you is there's going to be major surprises in the end of the way. It's uh, one thing that I've done, <laughs> excuse me, from day one. When we do a show, there's always going to be an element of surprise. And I can tell you that's the same thing going to happen in Daytona Beach at the Ocean Center. There's going to be something there that's not going to be announced and people are going to be, oh, my God, he's doing it again, you know, and that's going to be the reputation that we're going to get back that we had before, those little surprises that take place at the last minute that no one knows about. It could be a former wrestler that just left uh, WWE, you know, maybe AEW or something like that, or it could be a star celebrity that just might show up or a singer. You just never know with the NAWA. That's just awesome. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's a... Uh... It's going to be a star-studded. It's going to be a magical night, December 19th, at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. And for for fans that are um, looking for an event to attend, this is going to be it. And what better could you ask for? I mean, Florida in December, that's going to beat the heck out of the Northeast and the Midwest, that's for sure. Oh, I just so wish Granny was so much closer. I would love to be there. Granny, I can't wait. It's starting to get cold in New York already, and I'm just like, I'm not used to this weather anymore in the New York area. It's just, uh, you know, we went from uh, 80s to 50s in a matter of, like, two weeks, and it's like, oh, it's going into my bones already. It's like, oh, please. Oh, I know. Friday morning we had – Friday morning we were, like, in the low 30s. We had a small little frost here in Arkansas, you know, and we haven't had a bad winter in – I don't know how many years, but it's, yeah, it's, 
it's the temperatures have been really crazy, so Yeah, too bad. We're get still it. in the eighties over it. here in Myrtle Beach. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Can't sure. Rub it in. That's right, I'll do that, Tag. Right to you. Well, I'll give you an eighty or two. You can come down here and you can yeah. sit on the beach. I'm there. I'll come up to Chicago. I'm there. Yeah, come sit on the I'm beach there. with us, man. That works for me. Exactly right. You, you can go see Velvet. He's down in Charleston. And it's beautiful Tony, down thank there. you so much for all these announcements as always. I mean our fans are our fans we get feedback and we get messages all the time from fans and new listeners that are tuning into wrestling tonight that are very, very excited about the happenings with the North American Wrestling Alliance and can't wait to hear more as we draw closer to December 19th. So thank you so much for always keeping us in the loop in terms of what's going on with the NAWA. No, it's, it's, it's always my pleasure to uh, actually associate with the Wrestling Tonight platform as an insider to the NAWA and uh, pretty much, you know, the first one that knows really what's going on. And uh, a lot of respect to you guys for uh, associating with the NAWA and putting us on this platform. Thank you. All of you. Uh, it's, it's our pleasure. You're welcome. So without, we would hope that, you want to, that you'll stay on for the remainder of the show as we interview Susan Green. Oh, and absolutely. I'm going to throw it back to Dr. John. Thank you very much. Tony, I've got another back-in-the-day question. I know this is one you'll have the answer right on the tip of your tongue because you were quite a fine, fine wrestler. And when you were a wrestler, what do you think, and just tell us a little bit about one of the toughest matches that you ever had as a professional wrestler. Wow, that's uh, that's easy and that's hard. Uh, you know, out of okay. all the WF guys that I had angles with, you know, from Nikolai Volkov, Jimmy Snuka, Ravishing Rick Rude, you know, Hercules Hernandez, I have to be honest with you, Hercules Hernandez probably gave me uh, the not just the fight of my life in the ring, but uh, a special, unique style and uh, knowledge of the business. Like if you want to say, uh, taught me the inside of the business like a brother. Really took me under his wing. And, uh, you know, I'm honored to say it was a year and a half, two years that uh, we worked together and not just the angle itself, but, uh, you know, call me from Tampa, like, hey, we're going to do this, and this is what's going to happen here. And then, you know, you go into a ring, and it's not what we expected. And it's like, uh, you know, I remember to go back and address him, like, you know, what the F? And it's like, you know, uh, never trust your opponent. You know, I mean, there's only so many spots. I mean, just the things I learned from him. And just pushing me, because you got to remember, I was like six one and a half, six two. I was like 365 to almost 400 pounds. And, you know, he's the one that got me to start loosening up and, you know, because uh, I used to be like such a nervous type wrestler. And he's the one that when I worked with him that it finally, it, it was it. I just, I got it. I finally got it. You know, after uh, two, two and a half years, the time I worked with him, uh, I got it. I did a small thing with Jimmy Snooker for like six, eight months. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, you know, Brooklyn Bola, but it was uh, Hercules Hernandez, you know, by far uh, the person that really excelled me as a wrestler to the career, and I have a lot of respect for, uh, you know, God rest for Ray and his family, you know, Debbie and the family, and uh, up to today we're still in contact together. Okay, well, that was that was a good question. It, it opened up a little bit of a can of worms, but, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, we know, we know you've had a great career, and we appreciate it. For those that don't know, 
when, about when did you start in professional wrestling? And and, and I know you're you're still in it. You're, you're in a different part of it. But when did you start, and what got you involved in uh, professional wrestling? That's a great that's a great question, and I'm really excited to answer that. I was working out, uh, you know, daily at a place in Pelham, New York, called Metro Fit. And, uh, you know, one down there on a Wednesday night, I'll never forget it. And it was like 6.30 at night. And I turn around and, uh, you know, my first trainer ever, S.D. Jones, was training in the gym. And, uh, you know, I was always like, you know, even though I was a fan, you know, you respected the stars. I was never one up to go, hey, you know, whatever the case was. So here I'm doing, uh, you know, full leg bench press and everything else. And he comes up to me, I'll never forget, I go, hey, kid, you like wrestling? And I'm like... God, I mean, I'm watching you on TV every week. Of course I do, and I know who you are. And he's like, I want you to meet me down in the Bronx in Co-op City. And he told me this gas station to meet him on a Saturday morning. So I didn't ask no questions. I went there, and we started driving down to Brooklyn. And as we're driving in the car, you know, he starts talking. He's like, do you ever think about being a wrestler? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, you know. And he took me down the, you know, down the block from police and gym, which he was down there with uh, Bobby Bulldeagle, who was back in the old WWF days. And, uh, you know, started training me one by one, and that was in 1987 that uh, S.D. Jones took me under his belt and um, you know, opened up the door to me for professional wrestling. Uh, that opened up the door for me for who I am today. And uh, from there, I did my training down there, and uh, I wanted more of a rugged, tough style to wrestling. So I ended up going through a circuit. It was a place in Orange, Connecticut, Milford, Connecticut, called Passerelle's Quest. And... Uh, that was the unofficial WWF training brand. And, uh, you know, they had like a Hall of Fame signature and everyone from Hogan to whoever trained in that particular camp. So I went up there and uh, my first training was with Dr. D. David Schultz back in the days. And uh, David was there for a short period of time. And then I went to Tony Altamore, you know, the Sicilians with Albano back in the days. And then from there, I ended up to my mentor, Mario Mancini, who, uh, again, took me under his wing in 1989, 1990. And the rest is history. So it's a combination of all those guys together. Uh, they got me opening up the door, but it was actually back in uh, 86, 87. That the first uh, debuted. Actually, I debuted in 87, trained in 86. Gotcha. Now, who did you debut against? Who was your, who was that first match with? First match, uh, he, he was a brand-new wrestler on the independent circuit back in the days. It was for a company called IWF in uh, – Based on, I think, out of like Branford or uh, Wallingford, Connecticut, and it was with a gentleman named uh, Daytona Drake. That was his uh, nickname at the time, and we did quite a bit of tour the independent circuit back in the days. Great kid, uh, great guy. You know, I don't call him one kid, but great guy. And uh, that was my first match. And believe it or not, it was an outside uh, wrestling show at a car dealership, believe it or not. And uh, that was like one of my first, first, first matches where. That was like beginning stage of Godfather image, and it just started to transform from there. And uh, over the next six months, there was a whole angle where it was a trainer against student, which I did some stuff with Mario Mancini, who just came off of WWF TV at the time. And uh, yeah, but the Tony Drake was my first wrestling match uh, ever in the uh, in the sport of professional wrestling for a company called IWF. Mike Peskin, Mike Incognito, Mr. Electricity. That was my first show ever. All right, I got to. If you said it, I didn't. I didn't catch it. Who won the match? Dr. John, you really have to ask. 
You're talking to the godfather of pro wrestling. I got to ask another question. Oh, here we go. When was the last time you know? What did you say, Steve? Did you say the newest job or the Montreal? I was saying maybe there was a screwdriver. I don't know. <laughs> no, that was uh, Brady, you, 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 you got me well, off. You got me off track. Well, hey, Steve, then since you well, got me off track, it's your question next to Tony Capone. Um, is there any uh, matches online of yours that we could go back and and watch later? Yeah, actually, to be honest with you, back in those days, uh, not that much was really recorded, but. Uh, pretty right. much everything that I did was recorded uh, one way or another. And, uh, you know, I'm proud that over the last year and a half of pulling out my catalog, uh, there is tapes that are going to be coming out very shortly, I would say within the next month to six weeks. And uh, it does have matches in there with myself, with uh, Daytona Drake. It has my first match ever. It has uh, angles with Mario Mancini. It has matches with myself and Jimmy Snuka, matches with myself and Hercules, the early, everything from the early days. And, What's funny is uh, somebody that Dr. John got to know on a personal level recently, uh, one of my uh, longtime buddies in the business, uh, Steve Ray from the UWF, and I have a unique, never seen before on our angle, a house show with, uh, it was, uh, I had the uh, semi-main event that night, and I think it was against the Tony Drake, if I'm correct, and uh, this is my, one of our first uh, co-promotion shows ever. And I have uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams versus uh, Steve Ray. Never been seen on the internet, ever. Uh, wow. that Herb Abrams doesn't even have. And uh, when I saw the footage, uh, I was taken back, Steve. It was just like, I remember that night like it was yesterday. It was just, uh, you know, it was a behind-the-scene look. And we were able to find, uh, we had a, I had a uh, wrestling program called Wrestling Connection, back in the days, and it turned out to be an NWA wrestling connection, and it was just basically a half-hour talk show about every independent organization, what WWF was doing back in the days, NWA, Global, uh, New Japan, uh, everyone, uh, Stampede, Smoky Mountain, and it was just a weekly update. And there, in some of the episodes you'll hear where, uh, you know, Sean Waltman, when he worked with us, we brought him up from Global, uh, where I went down to Monday Night Raw as a debut match, and uh, we went out to dinner. And, uh, that day just came out this past weekend on uh, Tony Cone and W.A. and W.A. Wrestling. And uh, it's unique because, uh, you know, everyone remembers him as the one, two, three kid and where he turned out to be, you know, eventually X-Pac. But that first night he fought Doink the Clown and he came out as uh, the comic comic kid. And a lot of stuff like that has never been out there. It's just like, you know. Was, um, sorry to interrupt. Was this, um, no. was this Matt Bourne Doink or was this another Doink? No, this was not born going at the WWE, uh, at the WWF, uh, at uh, the Manhattan Center. It was the first six months, I would think, I would say the first six or eight months of uh, Monday Night Raw. And he was the uh, first match of the night, a uh, house show match, never aired. Uh, they aired actually, I think it was like three, four weeks later. I have actually the date that it debuted on uh, live TV. But, uh, yeah, that was an opening house show match, dark match, say, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, when you listen to these shows and you watch the shows of my co-hosts, uh, which were two of my quote-unquote managers in the business, one was Don Apollo, 
a personal friend of mine, and the other one was a uh, a female manager of mine, uh, Tanya, who was a co-host of my show, and uh, we went on the tour as TNT Connections, you know, back in the days. Uh, and it's interesting if you watch the show that it gives you the insight. It's not just talking about matches and results. There's a lot of insight to people that worked with the NWA in certain angles we did back in the days with, uh, you know, Billy Jack Haynes. You know, that's one thing that comes to mind, uh, of an angle that was worked out for myself and him uh, under uh, the NAWA and UWF. So there's a lot of history there that's going to be coming out. I kept everything uh, pretty much secret for many, many years. But, uh, hey, the relaunch is here, the debut is here, and it's uh, about time that the NAWA and Tony Cabone really uh, makes a presence on the Internet. And uh, we're working on that right now. We're being very uh, selective of what we're putting out there. And uh, you know, we've debuted about nine, ten matches uh, Tommy Dream of the early days, Tony Rumble, you know, Boston Bad Boy, you know, something with uh, Nikolai Volkov and Brooklyn Brawler, but there's so much history there, Steve. It's just incredible, and once the fans get to see the complete catalog, it's going to be like, wow, this is really history in the making with this company. Yeah, sounds like a, a great archive. Um, Dr. John, if you have any more questions? Yeah. No, but I have a great comment, because Tony... I have an old and dear friend of yours. I have the lady that was your first ladies world heavyweight champion in the NAWA back in the day. <laughs> Susan Green, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. How are you? We're so glad Susan. to have you here. I was talking with Tony Capone. And um, so anyway, first of all, you two say hello. And then Susan... If you can remember, because I know you've, you've won many, many championships and many, many belts. If you could tell us how you got that first ladies world heavyweight title with the NAWA back in the day. So anyway, you two can say hello. And then, Susan, if you'd tell us that story, we would be honored. Hey, how are you doing, Tony? Susan, I'm doing great. It's been a long time. Good to hear from you. How's everything been on your end? You've been doing good. I'm still climbing in the ring and, and doing my thing, and actually had uh, uh, three show up tonight. So I spent about three hours out in the gym working with them. Oh, that's uh, great. That's great to hear. It's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, yep, the so first time. How, like, did, you know, how did it happen? How did it happen? Uh, they, they, yeah. The first match, they had a 10-girl battle royal. Or, not a battle royal. They had a 10-girl we each drew, we each drew names, the who we were going to fight, and the first name I drew out, um, yeah, I didn't even know the girl. Um, I had no idea where she came from, had no idea how long she'd fought, but, you know, she gave me a good fight. Uh, you know, it wasn't one of these that you'd ever step in and think you was going to have a pushover. Uh, and then after everybody ended up having two or three matches, uh uh, I ended up being the, the winner. Wow, that's great! And how long did you hold that title belt? Uh, well, the very next month, I guess about twenty-six days. Actually, I went back up and defeated, uh, wrestled Rolani Kai and defeated her. Uh, and then uh, I never, from the time I had it till the time uh, they closed down. Uh, I never give the belt up. Uh, they'd always call me in, and I'd be able to make the town. Uh, sometimes they'd have to put me on a little later than what they was wanting to, but I always ended up making the town. 
as, as they say in football, I did a double shot. <laughs> and sometimes there was sometimes there was triple shots too. Those, those back in those days, you know, there was sometimes yeah. on the weekend there were triple shots, you know. But yeah, you know, oh, yeah. going back, oh, yeah. go, going back a little bit with the uh, the history of the NWA and uh, the female division of it, uh, and she she definitely hit on point. There was a lot of new uh, up and coming talent that was there. I mean, uh, uh, oh God, sweet Je- uh, sweet destiny, little genie back in those days, and uh, you know yeah. there was classic wrestlers like Bobcat, you know Sidney Snow, and uh, Malaya Hasaka, and uh, Kimono yeah. Wanalea, who worked with us in the beginning of Laikai. Uh, All these girls, and Misty Blue, I saw her on uh, something we did recently, and. Uh, it was the same thing back then. It was a combination of the best of the best of the females in the industry uh, that had to present themselves, and uh, we acquired some new talent, and we just ran with it, and uh, it was great. I mean, there's so much great memories that are inside of me that uh, are coming out and, and from all yeah. both aspects, from the male and female side of it, and it's just uh, humbling and honored to be able to speak to a lot of people that uh, made the success of the company what it is today at this point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, it's sad to, to see so many of the young ones now passing away because Cat, that was normally <coughs> traveled with Misty Blue, um, yeah. just recently passed away. You know, and yeah. and, and uh, you just and one of the girls that I helped train that was with Glow, uh, the farmer's daughter, uh, Cindy. You know, she just yeah. passed away, mm-hmm. and then right, right. Uh, we're talking girls in their fifties, and then and it's like. <laughs> That's the new twenty. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, and I, but but you know, we never talk about this, Susan. About the uh, I always say there's a, and I don't know why if it's we, uh, the beatings that we take in the ring or the abuse of our bodies. But if you look at historically, how many wrestlers, even if you want to say under the age of forty, that passed away, and you know, even going down to thirty-five and thirty, and it's just like yeah. I look back now and uh, my ten bell salute. I'm like. Wow, how many guys, you know, Chris Candido. I mean, just guys in the old yeah. days that were great guys. Marlon Khan, uh, you know, Tiger Khan, yeah. Marlon. I mean, you know, 33, 34. I mean, uh, it's just, yeah. it makes you wonder. And, I, you know, I always say, you know, thank yeah. God I'm blessed to, you know, I do have some personal, uh, you know, uh, neck damage and nerve damage and everything else and low back like everybody else does. And uh, it's just, the, you know, it, it, I always call it the curse of the, you know, the curse of the wrestling business per se. Uh, yeah. And some of these people were not even, you know, on drugs or in general, they were just great guys, you know, Ted Penn, yeah. you know, back in the days, you yeah. know, great guy overall. I mean, Jim yeah. dedicated and just, you know, driving home from the show, just had a heart attack in the car and yeah. just passes away. I mean, uh, yeah. there's something there that curses the wrestling and, uh, well, just, uh, Pull back when you were talking about cat and uh, you know well, yeah. farmer's daughter. I can like say that. all my injuries that I have come from out of the the ring. You know the, the the seriousness I've got in the ring is I had a tore up knee and had to take morphine to be able to continue to work, and then I had broke ribs from Lula uh, and a broke nose. Uh, and and I don't even remember who gave me the broke nose. I think it was in Japan. But I mean that that's minor. I said everything that I have physically that kept me out of wrestling in 79 when I had the boating accident and had my neck and back broke. Uh, it was a leisure holiday going up to the lake to go skiing and fishing, you know. So uh, my major injuries that have caused me major layoffs, 
have always come from out of the rain, you know. Uh, and then working for the city of Columbia, being a zoning inspector and getting jumped from behind and left for dead and spending 110 days in the hospital in a coma. Oh, wow. Uh, and then 11, the last 11 days I was actually out of the coma, and they, they taught me how to walk again, you know, and they basically thought that I never would walk again. And I said, walk again, I'll be back in the ring. <laughs> and, of course, when my neck and back broke, the doctor suggested that I not climb back in. And uh, Joe Blanchard that gave me my first start in wrestling, I was back out in Texas, and, and the doctor had released me, and he said, I heard what your orthopedic said. And I said, but you don't have to listen to him. And uh, he says, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to go back in the ring. And uh, he started me off with some younger girls. Uh, and I won't say younger. I, I ended up wrestling Marie Darleon and Evelyn Stevens, the same one I started <laughs> wrestling off when I first started. Right, right. So, <laughs> they may not have been wrestling any time soon, but, you know, I, he ended up putting me back in, in the ring against them. And when he saw that... Um, I still had what I had whenever I went out, and he started calling some promoters from overseas and getting me some overseas contacts, and then I went into booking myself and uh, uh, worked for Mildred's work in 74 whenever I got aggravated at Lillian uh, Moolah and went out and started driving the truck whenever I'd have a break, and we sat down out there. I'd work for her, and then I said, well, when am I going to get to work for States? And she says, well, I don't work the states. I just do Japan and Mexico. And I thought, well, I don't want to work just Japan and Mexico. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't speak English, and, and part of Canada, I don't speak the French. So, no habla español. Yeah. So I, I said, I guess it's time to go back. But she talked to Sam Musnick, and he ended up putting the NWA women's belt on me. That uh, she was the undefeated champion for the West Coast NWA. And, and I carried it for the four months that I worked for her. And then when I was leaving, she says, well, don't you want to take it? And I said, no, it's your belt. You know, you defended it from the, from 48 undefeated till 74 or, or when she retired. And then she put it on me in 74, and I, I kept it for four months. And I can remember going to Mexico and them telling me that I was going to drop it to Lola Gonzalez. And I said, well, if she can beat me, she can take it. <laughs> but I don't think she can beat me. <laughs> yeah. And then over in Japan, uh, they were sitting there saying that uh, Chicho Obata was going to take the belt from me. And I said, well, you said the right word, take the belt, but I don't think she can. And uh, well, whenever they saw the dog fight at the end of the, the match, they realized that nobody was going to get that belt off of me. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that, Susan, because, you know, back in the days, yeah, we were wrestlers, but uh, yeah. there was also that other side of wrestling called shoot wrestling. And I remember oh, so yeah. many times in a ring where, uh, you know, you got stretched out and, you know, physically, uh, yeah. you know, where, uh, you know, there was a behind-the-scene beef and it's in the ring and yeah. fans are looking at yeah. it like, oh, this is a great part of the show. But in the meantime, you know, you're, you're, you almost broke your elbow and, uh I remember specifically uh, a match I did mm-hmm. with Jimmy Snooker where uh, I lost or I broke the cartilages on the bottom of my nose where even up to today mm-hmm. my nose can twist on the bottom. It's just like, you know, it was just those 
uh, yeah, it was wrestling, but it's not like it is not. today. Far from it. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, that whole shoot wrestling, uh, you know, back in the dressing room days, yeah. you know, you know, shoot your opponent. You know, I mean, you yeah. used to promoter, yeah. and uh, there was reasons yeah. why, but that doesn't exist nowadays at all. I mean, it yeah. might yeah. to a certain degree, but not like back in those days. And you oh, know, no. you had well, to be, I'm, I'm, you had to be accepted then, back in those yeah. days to be yeah. involved but in the First time I come back from Japan, and he saw that I had 35 stitches in my head, and I sat there and said, the girl that I wasn't even supposed to wrestle picked up a bucket and hit me in the head. You know, she was a worker, but she was upset that I was jumping out of the ring, and she hit me from behind with me not even knowing she was coming. And and then uh, they made them pay for the medical to take me because I had to work every night because if I didn't work, I wasn't getting paid, and I couldn't go home, so I had to get paid, so I had to work. And uh, they they took me to the hospital every night to get my head unwrapped, and I looked like a mummy from my neck to my top of my head. And they then taped me because I had eyes and nose and a little hole for my mouth. And I said, <laughs> I was sure losing weight because I couldn't get my mouth very wide open. It was a lot of food. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 they, I, I personally gained the respect of the boys in the dressing room because I used to. Uh, I'd love to get hit, you know, what we call stiff. I mean, the stiff you yeah. hit me, I used to get a kick out of it. And uh, yeah. that goes to anyone from Rick Rude to all those guys from WWF that I fought back in the days. Yeah. And uh, the word got out like, hey, this guy loves it. So why even why even go after it? Because he just like enjoys yeah. it. I mean, you know, it's like, that's yeah. what you got. You know, let me see next time. Let me see tomorrow night. You know, and yeah. it's like, uh, you know, then it's like, you know, I'll leave him alone. Let him do what he has to do. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was hard to be accepted back in the days, you know, just uh, the oh, ribbing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I didn't want to mention names from WF guys, but I got rid every night on the road, you know, uh, my clothes in the uh, garbage can with ketchup and mustard on it. And, you know, yeah. I remember Greg Valentine telling me, no, you just find out who did it. You yeah. go back to the next, you know, next yeah. town tomorrow night. You do it back to them when they're fighting. That's how you get the respect, yeah. you know. So, you know, they, they don't teach you that no more. You can't, yeah. you can't. There wasn't any other girls that was teaching me how to, to defend myself. And, and Joe Blanchard, he didn't even smarten me up. When I got to Mula, it was, to be honest, it was Charlie Smith, the referee, that came by and said, baby face over. And I looked at the girl, and I kept trying to make the girl get out of the dressing room because she wasn't supposed to be there. And then and the white Venus, and, and, and uh, in the process, I sit there and said, what's a baby face? And she said, you are. And I said, well, how do you know I am? And she said, because you are. I'm the heel. And I thought, what the hell is the heel? And then needless <laughs> to say. I got smartened up in the dressing room, and I thought, well, if this is the way it is, I can work every night and, and not worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> learning what a time limit was, and, and 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 you know, figure out the time and and listen to the referee. He's calling the time, and and it's like, y'all got me so busy, I'm not knowing what to listen to and not to listen to. But but Danny Hodge, uh, when he saw me in, in Oklahoma, he said, I'm going to teach you how to fight and be prepared. You know, because no one's going to bust your head like that again. You know, so that's, that's, and of course, in Japan, they didn't believe in giving the athletes anesthesia for their sewing up, so they were holding me down while they put 35 stitches in the back of my head and, and, I, and threatened to kill everybody. But I didn't get to kill anybody. Um, yeah. But it was, and then um, Mark Sharp, he ended up showing me how to do a lot and. and Hector Guerrero showed me quite a few things, and, and 
when I sit down, I said that, that just slowly but surely, just people come around saying, "Are you serious?" And I said, "I don't want to get hurt, you know." And there's there's people out there that want to hurt you. So they sit there and say, "Well, if this happens, do this," and just just little by little, and then reading, and then everybody coming up, you know, helping me, and and I guess. Uh, learning how if they try to hook the rope and not go with you, that there's another way you can do other damage to them. And, and, and basically that was the way I, that I broke Moolah's collarbone. Of course, she broke my ribs the night before. So, you know, all this funny game, you know. You yeah, get exactly. me, I get to get you. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been so bad if she wouldn't have called me a wuss. Uh, because the referee had told me that uh, the uh, doctor had come in and said, you know, she can't work. Her uh, ribs are broke too bad. And then we're looking in and sit there and said, oh, she's just a wuss. And I said, take me up. I'm no wuss. You know, and, of course, whenever she tried to hang on to the <laughs> second rope to keep from taking a turn, uh, a bill out of the corner, I sit there and her being five foot two and me being six foot one. I thought, well, I can put the leverage on her if you don't want to go. <laughs> and the second time that I pulled her, uh, she let go of the rope. And when she went across the rope, I heard the snap like a finger snapping. And she landed, and, and I saw her come up on her knees and started getting out of the rope. And the referee looked at me and said, if this is a two out of three, you can't leave. And I thought, oh, yes, I can because <laughs> it's over. And <laughs> he said, no, you can't. So I said, look at her, and she'd spun on her knee around and had her hand covering her collarbone, and you saw the blood tick trickling through uh, her fingers. And I, he said, you're right, it's over. And I said, of course, the, 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 the belt couldn't change because it was a two out of three, and, and you had to have the falls one, you know. And I sit there, and of course, tonight I was supposed to fight her, and I ended up fighting Kitty Adams in, in New York City, uh, which um, she lived up Oakland, up there, and then and, and her husband was Ben Senior's strongman uh, or body bodyguard. You know, he went around with him to make sure everybody stayed off of him. But I sat there and said that uh, they pulled her in to do it um, because <laughs> you don't find girls everywhere, and they knew that she knew how to do the basic, and she came in, but. Uh, Mula learned real fast that I was that I respected her that I didn't like her and I didn't care that she didn't like me but she was going to respect me uh, and I, I had other jobs and none of the other girls would have other jobs I, I drove the record for her boyfriend at the time and I would come in put the other girls in the car and call him and when I was gassing up saying you know can I go to the because back then you had to have them big bag purse, uh, bag bag phones, and I didn't have one of those. Oh, yeah. So I at the gas station, I called him and said, "I'm going to be in about three o'clock. Can I just go to the shop?" And he says, "You got the key. Go ahead." And and uh, I would go to the shop and I'd start driving. Because back then you had to, it's not your own call to pick up a car. It was you listen to the radio, and if you heard a 1050, that was the wreck. And if you heard 1051, it was a good one because the the, the Ambulance was en route, so he knew that one of the cars was going to be tore up pretty bad. Right, right, and, uh, right. He had me get into a white jumpsuit instead of the, the blue shirt, and the, I'd have them on in the blue pants, but he said, get in that white jumpsuit to where I stood out at night 
And then everybody would sit there and say, her, <laughs> you know, and I'd run around giving my card out. And and and, and we, we were good because at this one shop where I pulled it, we did everything. We did from the mechanic work to the transmission work to the rear end work to the to the painting, to, to putting on new vinyl tops and everything. We, you didn't have to take it anywhere else. We did it all right in that same shop. And, and I said, that's what I would tell them. You know. And uh, he says, you got a lot of cars coming in. And I said, well, I just tell them. And I said, but I think it's because I'm a girl. And he said, why do you say that? And I said, there. I said, because all they do is point me saying her, her. Her. And then I would have to call somebody else after I got a car pulled, hooked up and pulled down the road, meet me at an exit so I can get another wrecker because he had five wreckers and I would get another wrecker and come back and get another car because they both want me to pull cars. And I said, let me get this one just out of the way and, I, and, and I'll be right back. And, and, of course, John, the highway patrol, sit there and said, you got 20 minutes or I'm letting somebody else get it so I'd have them meet me pretty close. <laughs> Before I got it totally hooked, I'd have them on the way waiting for me to where all I had to do is jump out and jump in and get back over there to get the other car. But uh, when it, she didn't like it that I drove the wrecker and I was no longer mowing the grass on her 25 acres. You know, I was the only one that was able to make that 47 tractor go, too. <laughs> wow. it, it, it did good being a Texas farm girl. <laughs> I can imagine. What what goes on over there at her compound now, um, Susan? Have you been over there in the last ten years or so? Yeah. I mean, um, whenever it was first there... first sold, it was sold to Babcock Center where they they take care of the the handicapped or, or the uh, artistic children, and they had turned, and I said she, she probably fell over because that horseshoe fountain that would always shoot up the champagne on, on Christmas, wasn't allowed in there on Christmas. Well, they turned that into um, stalls for for the patients to all be sleeping, and they had 12 people down there sleeping, and, and all had them divided off with the little carriers and covered up the, the fireplace in it. And then the, the people that worked there slept upstairs, and then they had the two or three that, that stayed downstairs during the night and the, while the other one slept. But they would uh, had a 12-car band that in the morning they would all get up, and they had the the, the nurses and, and everything there that took their made their lunches and everything and got them off him when they went to work for the Babcock Center, doing what whatever work they did. I think some of them was cutting boards, and other ones were cutting strings. Uh, uh, and now a church bought it from the Babcock Center. And has turned it into a, um, I guess, a wayward home where they're taking care of the homeless uh, and the the street people uh, that are willing to give their hearts to God, or they say they're willing to give their hearts to God. Uh, Some of them basically, I think, there to have a roof over their head and a warm body, and they do. They all have chores to go one week of washing clothes and mowing the grass outside and then all. And and on the far side of the land that where I lived, uh, over across the water, uh, that part's been sold to another development company. And I think a contractor is going to come in and develop it uh, because the, the church 
and said they will pull down the because Nula had put up razor wire to where nobody could get to the to the water other than them because she didn't want them fishing in her pond. You know, and then and okay. the, the the contractor had bought it, and the, this church had said that they would let everybody use the water. Now it wasn't deep enough to go out there in a boat, although I did see Mula pull Donna Kristen Teller behind the old motorboat, and I walked across it. <laughs> so after one of her horses, and I said, if I can walk across it, that water wasn't deep enough to be <laughs> flying across it on a on a pair of skis. But well, I guess if you can, if you never have enough to drink, it doesn't matter <laughs> how bad it hurts when you eat. <laughs> um, so. All right, Steve was, has got a couple of questions he would like to ask you, Susan. Steve asks, and okay. then Velvet is here. I'd like for Velvet to to get a question or two in. So, Steve, what have you okay. got to ask Susan Green? Uh, was there any contemporary uh, competitors that you wish you could have had work with? I, I think a Shayna Baszler or a Io Shirai from Japan would have been great opponents for you. Yeah, they'd have probably been great opponents, but but the ones that I wrestled, I, I wrestled Blue Nakano before, before Blue Nakano was Blue Nakano over in Japan oh, wow. back in the day. You know, so, I mean, I, I some of the girls that were just coming up that are coming out now, uh, I hit them back in the the 80s and 90s. So, uh, oh. so some of the Japanese girl, girls are actually sold into wrestling, you know. Uh, uh, um, some of them do go into it because they want to go into it, but but a lot of them are, are sold into it with their families because they the families were so good at it. So yeah, but, some of them um, very start very young. Um, yeah, and then a follow up question. Uh, I know NWA recognized you in their Hall of Fame, but what do you think about revisionist history with title reigns? Uh, WWE has done it too with the women's tag team titles. Like they kind of ignored the Lilani Kai, Judy Martin title reign. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on like title no, reigns no, they, they, not they, being they, recognized. They haven't ignored Judy and Lilani's. When they had the titles, it was WWF. And then he lost right. the rights to use the WWF, and it be, they had lost the titles, or, or they had been fired and was no longer working for Vince whenever he lost the title of being able to use WWF, and he had to turn the WWE. So when they were the title owners of the WWF, um, he was running, and there was no, no competition going on uh, as far as that, but now... He don't recognize WWF because he can't recognize WWF because he lost the con- he lost the lawsuit against those call letters. Yeah, the Wildlife, the Wildlife Federation. Federation. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and yeah, in fact, so a couple of the Hall of Fames that I know that Lilani Kai is in, she don't even recognize herself as being a glamour girl in the the Hall of Fames that I know she's in. You know, she goes as oh, just wow. Lalani Kai. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking my questions, and uh, uh, Dr. John, continue, please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What have you got to ask your great great wrestling teacher? 
Hey, Susie, just, just hey, got to see you, what, three hours ago? <laughs> yeah, 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 about three uh, hours. Um, my question is this. Uh, you you touched on, you know, the moolah and the stuff. Uh, did... It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, was May Young? Yeah, I know she's small, but was she as tough as nails as she seemed to be? Like we saw oh, older. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Now tougher look, when she was younger. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was 15 years old, and my brother drove me to Phoenix, Arizona, to wrestle May Young. Uh, Johnny Mae Young and I walked in there and about had a heart attack when she was chewing on us. <laughs> Joe was trying to get me to to give up wrestling so I could take the contra- the, the the scholarship that I had won in wrestling and swimming for for University of Texas uh, because I was a swimmer in high school and and I sat there and said all I have to do is graduate high school I don't have to go to college it doesn't matter that I won that scholarship. Well, he thought that this was going to be the woman that taught me a lesson and did did me in because it's not the only veteran veteran that could beat the tar out of me and, and try to make me change my mind. But I was purple two weeks later where this woman touched me. When I was <laughs> off on Christmas holidays, there wasn't anywhere she touched me that I wasn't turning purple uh, from the time... I got in that ring and I, it was 12 minutes and I said I don't think and Joe always told me you got to know where you're at whether you're upside down up right side up on your nose on your tail on on your feet on your head uh, inner corner what corner how far from the ropes you are how far from the ring you are how far high up is the, and it was like how can I remember all that and I said in that match with Johnny Mae Young I learned the real fast that I had to remember it real fast because she right. didn't ever which way but loose. Uh, well, and, and, it sounds like what you did that, to me. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of uh, it got done to the guys today. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Poor Jackson is uh, in. The, I think he's in a. Uh, he said he was taking oh, a shower. Yeah. Then he was gonna find. Then, then he was gonna find some ice. <laughs> yeah, well, well <laughs> tell him he better get some Epsom salt in a hot tub. <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, my fo- my follow up to that, <laughs> my follow up to that is uh, uh, being that 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 style that some of the older older generation like and have been instilled in us. Um, uh, when you when we when you taught us what you just said, we had to know where yeah. we were at every minute of every point in the match. Oh yeah, it is very vital for to know that you know it's a setup for something else or it's an escape for yeah. something else. And oh, yeah. like when you told the story of what you when when you know when we were when you were took when I took that beating <clears> from you. People yeah. didn't understand that, you know, they asked me later that, well, why, you know, were certain things that happened that Susan said, you know, why did they happen that way? I said, because it was all about timing and precision and what was called. We had and to, we knew I where had we to were be at. where I needed to be. So I, took, <laughs> yeah. I wore it well. 
but I'm just saying, but it, it's a timing issue sometimes, and sometimes oh, it's yeah. not. And oh, like yeah. you told the guys today, you know, you know, you can't. If I'm giving you uh, ten minutes, don't try to slam ten minutes into five minutes. If yeah. I'm giving you five, there's no way to ten minute match in five minutes. Don't yeah. do, do all that. And not, they were yeah, looking I, at you like you were sideways. So, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I think me and D went close to ten minutes whenever I called it, and I don't know if they heard me say super kick or not. But when they, like, no, he, he, nobody he, heard that. Uh, he, he he what? And I thought <laughs> I didn't I didn't stutter. I didn't even say no. another word. It's just whenever I said super kick, that D was questioning me, and when I threw him in, it was like. He saw me out there in the middle of the ring, and I was turning around, and it was like, oh, Lord. Yep. <laughs> he threw it, though. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he threw, threw it, it and, and, and I took it. And, of course, and I took it. Exactly. <laughs> Where was my hands, you know, <laughs> because everyone said I had to cover up, and my hands were down by my side, you know. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like, cover I, up I, at all. That was no beautiful uh, super right. kick earlier. But yeah. I'm just saying, it's it's all about. Nobody heard you say that, but the whole thing yeah. is, it's all about timing that you were trying to show them. And yeah. it is a dance, it is an art form, but it also is a sport to us. Thank you so much. Susan. Oh yeah. yeah all right, Dr. Welcome, David. Yeah, it was it was great watching Susan train these guys and teaching them what to do, how to do it, and when to do it, and that was just so important. And she's a great teacher. I can tell that because I'm a former college professor. <laughs> and I can tell Susan Green knows knows more about teaching wrestling than anyone I have ever seen. Susan, it was a pleasure to, to watch you do that. We've got about 15 minutes left. Does anybody else have it? Chaz, do you have a question you'd like to ask our wonderful guest, Susan Green? I know you can find well, one down there. I'd the- just like to say, Susan, thank you so much for coming on. And and um, telling us about you know how wrestling was back when you were in in the uh, in the sport and back when you got your start. And if I still remember correctly, I'm not I'm not running just in the sport. I'm still in the sport. You know, I I know you're on the big. I don't get on the big 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 calls list, but I'm 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 still doing the independents. You know that's where a lot of people say you're retiring. It's like oh no, I'm not. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. So maybe if you need a manager, I can manage you against Velvet, because I'd love to no. see him take a beating one more time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be funny. She, she said that earlier. I'd be laughing because I'd be safe. I'm outside the ring. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You think so? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, my, my question was um, – one of the one of the more intriguing wrestlers that I remember from from back in the seventies was Paula Kay. What are your remembrances of Paula Kay? Paula Kay was tough. Paula Kay, uh, when we hit, we hit. She sat there and said, "That's what the people want to see. That's what you know." And that's why Mula saw that that we were being called on. Promoters was calling her, asking to have me and her. Uh, sent to the West Coast to, up against Canada. I mean, we'd we'd leave here and we'd go into Alabama to Oklahoma, Louisiana, across the top part of Texas, into Arizona, New Mexico, and then work our way from Los Angeles to San Francisco up to Portland, Oregon, to Washington State, and then across Vancouver, Canada, all the way across to uh, Toronto. And, and promoters just could not get enough of me and Paula Kay because they said we ne- we never know what y'all two are going to 
to pull out of the hat uh, because we 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 gave them matches more like the men were having, and they were used to having seeing the girls have a have a cat match, and we would work matches more like the men, you know. And it wasn't that we didn't. That's what they wanted. That's what we gave them. You know, we'd ask them what they wanted, and they would tell us what they wanted, and it's like. Okay, we're just gonna have to. Well, if we go back. We're gonna have to have, spend a couple of days in the gym to get this six months of uh, uh, matches that we drilled in our head out of our head. You know, uh, so, uh, but but uh, people, believe it or not, wrestling for the females. We we end up about every fifty years. We go through a. a a switch, you know, uh, it didn't last as long, which I'm glad that the divas didn't last as long as they lasted because I was, I was upset with the divas. Um, uh, I, I don't, everyone blames Glow into hurting us. And well, I helped train the girls in Glow, you know, everybody knew Glow was just there for, for, and, and when the ropes were like rubber bands and I told Jackie that, you know, we had to tighten those up. She said, no, that's what we want them. And, and and I I taught them how to take the bumps, and I was teaching them. And I I found Mount Fuji in in Las Vegas, moving some of the hardware for the shows. And I said, you know, we need to get her. Well, Jackie went over and talked to her, and they came over, and I explained to her that she would be because she looked Oriental with the weight and everything on it. And I said, you know, we'll make you a Mount Fuji. And of course, that name stuck with her, and then uh, she passed away about two years ago um, from. Um, complications from diabetes, you know. Um, but um, it's just one of those situations that that you people wanted to watch that show because they wanted to watch that style of wrestling. Well, then they went over. They wanted to see the female wrestlers. They wanted to see what we did. And then I was considered a high flyer, which I threw the drop kicks and and the head scissors, and and I came off the top rope with the flub. Frog Splash and, and Dickie Williams was the only one that threw drop kicks. A uh, couple of other ones, George Grable threw a drop kick, and then I didn't consider doing a corner scissors where you do a handstand and, and get your legs hooked around the girl's head and, and, and flipping them out of the corner as being a high flyer because all you're doing is doing a handstand. But that considers her a high flyer. But um, Nola's there, and I got a lot of calls because I I went on the top rope. Uh, but um, I think the female wrestlers are going to eventually come back to where they're going to have to fight like we did um, back in the 60s and 70s, to where when we hit, we hit. And, and um, yeah. I will have to sit there and say, whenever Mula stomped you, there ain't nobody that's ever stomped you any harder than Mula could stomp you. Um, <laughs> she, was, she, <laughs> she, she was a very good stomper, and she could leave a mark in a heartbeat if she stomped you. <laughs> um, but, that's awesome. Um, thank you so much for answering my questions. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's great. And Malcolm, do you have a question for Susan Green? Yeah, I have a question, and then I'd like to ask Susan if she'd like to try and do an NAWA creative commercial with me if Tony Capone would allow it. Because Velvet be told great. me, Susan, that you had a run-in with him with a Coke machine, 
And I remember yeah. that commercial that Mean Joe Green did with that kid with the Coke. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, Susan, you could like have a bad night and I could be standing there yeah. with, offering you a Coke or something like that. And then my question for you is one of the greatest wrestlers I ever met. I even told Hulk Hogan, he was one of my, my other favorite wrestler besides Hulk Hogan, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Did you ever get to meet Piper or work with him? In oh yeah, anything? I, I traveled the road. I traveled the road with Rowdy when I was out on the, the West Coast in in Oregon, and and got to meet his family and kids. Uh, he had his farm up there. Uh, yeah, Susan, wasn't he a great guy? guy. He was a great guy uh, to me every time yeah, I met him. Uh, uh, he, I mean, he'd give you the shirt off his back, and I, if he had another pair of pants, he'd give you those pants, you know. Um, <laughs> he, 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 he called he, me a super <laughs> fan, and he wrote in my autograph, I'm the reason Hogan lost his hair, and Hogan never <laughs> did me. <laughs> uh, uh, Rowdy was able to come up with some of the, the, the uh, fabulous moves that, that, that uh, are, are – Angle that that uh, promoters and 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 I, mean, I shouldn't say promoters because promoters had a, a had bookers that booked the matches and then they were usually old um, wrestlers that were no longer able to wrestle that that were in the the booking part and and Roddy could go in there and sit there and say well I'm going to tell you this and and and, and <laughs> they would hit, take it and run with it because they knew whatever Ronnie said was going to turn to gold. <laughs> yeah, Susan, I was at Wrestle Reunion 2011. We were at the Weston Hotel, and it was Piper, uh, Orndorff, and Orton, the three bad guys from first WrestleMania. Orton even had his arm in a cast. And Paul Orndorff never liked Hogan. And every time I did my yeah. impression of Hogan for him, he would, get, he would, you know, give me the finger. So, like, uh-huh. he started to do it when we were taking the picture. And Roddy Piper goes, hey, Mal, he goes, hey, Paul. This is a family event. Put that finger away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. Uh, they didn't grab that finger and, and have it bent down the other way to where it wasn't showing. <laughs> well, Orndorff, Orndorff said he hated Hogan, but he liked me. So he only did yeah. to joke with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> well, that's, that's great. That's great. Thank you. And the only person that has not spoken to our guest of honor tonight is the one and only Granny Holster. Do you have anything you'd like to say to Susan? Well, first of all, Susan, I know I got to talk to you Wednesday night on Pop Culture Stars, which was an honor. Mm-hmm. And just listening to your stories tonight, I, it's just <laughs> been an amazing time. And pretty much, I think everybody asked a lot of great, great questions, you know, and everything. And I think as far as questions go... I think everything's been covered, I mean, that I was going to ask, you know. So, um, I, you know, what was your just, I guess, one of your most favorite times in the business that you've ever done? My most favorite time is, is being able to stop. I used to love it when the fans came up to ringside to get your autograph. I, I loved it when I was in a hurry running out. To, to try to meet a taxi or, or something and, and someone was holding it, knowing that you were in a hurry and you saw him hold up a piece of paper for an autograph, 
and I'd stop and give autographs, you know, because I look at it this way, which I know Vince wants to make money and he charges for those girls to, and guys to give autographs. But if it wasn't for people like them and you that wanted to to get to know me or, or get to hear my stories, I wouldn't be who I am. You know, I, I would just be another person Very well sitting put. on the wall. Well, you know, it's kind of funny that Malcolm mentioned, you know, when Malcolm was talking, you know, that he called, you know, that uh, I think he said Roddy Piper called him a super fan, you know. Yeah. I've actually been called that myself by many, yeah. many people, you know. And yeah. and like I said, I'm not even a wrestler. I'm just a fan because I yeah. love yeah. the sport. I love being able to interact with yeah. the wrestlers, um, and it, it's just so much fun. But we we I go to many places where I go and wrestle to this day, especially when I get in Texas, and 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 I can see people, and I'm sure that whenever I was I was growing up, and from the when I was five years old and saw my first match, and and me and my father we just happened to, to get the very same seats for the next ten years. We, we were seated at the same seats that we got seated at at the very first match, you know, and I'm, I'm sure people That's awesome. wrestlers would look at and, and see that we were there and, and, you know, we were fans that were, they could always count on being there. It may not be anybody else that they count on me and my father was going to be there. And, and, uh, I, I look out in places and, and I can see people two or three rows back that, that I see there, you know, regularly that aren't, you know, got in, aren't, right there on front row and, and as I try to tell people when I'm training them there's people that are up there in four and five balconies up you know and now they have big screens so they're able to see you a little bit easier but back in mm-hmm. my day we didn't have big screen TVs we you, you look like, like a little midget running around down there and that's why we had blonde hair and black hair and different color tights well, we I know you know people. it's it's kind of funny, you know, how you said that you and your, you know, father always had the same seats and everything. I remember mm-hmm. when traditional championship wrestling was running in Arkansas. I mean, mm-hmm. we made it to a lot of the TV tapings in Fort Smith and Clarksville and everything. Yeah. And pretty much they always had me and my family always on the front row. I was in yeah. the very center seat facing the camera. Because they knew, especially with the heels, they knew that Granny was going to interact somehow because the heels were going to get in my face and I was going to holler back. So, yes. The the, the promoters like to see the people get aggravated and jump up and down and and, and throw stuff and do whatever they can back in the day. Well, I never, I now. Now, Grant, Granny was very good. I never threw anything at anybody. I never. I may. I may have gotten in their face. I may have like doubled up my fist. You know, like I'm not scared of you. You know, but I never threw anything at anybody. Now, Tommy Dreamer, he took my he took my cane out of my hand. And he used it on Matt Riviera, the very last TCW show. (laughs) And, you know, Brian Thompson's just saying to me, Granny, this isn't your fans bring your own weapons match. What do you think you're doing? You know, I mean, you just don't stop Tommy Dreamer from doing something like that. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not going to stop him from doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Granny, thank you very much. We're down to four minutes. I'm going to turn this okay. show 
back over to Chaz because Chaz, I've had the best time in the last hour and ten minutes you could have ever imagined. I get to interview my favorite wrestler and I got to watch her teach for three hours today. So I'm on an all time Susan Green high. Take it away, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, it's you know, it's so again, going back to our, our central theme of uh, of the show and of the NAWA, which is bringing back that old school wrestling, the traditional form of wrestling with the new school vibe and, and to see Susan still active and bridging that gap between what I consider to be the first glory days of, of women's wrestling back in the 60s yeah. and 70s and yeah. seeing to where it's gone now. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's uh, it's quite refreshing to um, to see that um, a lot of the people that were there that are still yeah. – Contributing that are still making it yeah. happen on the scene today. I think, I think it's just was, wonderful. Uh, yeah, the young men that I was training today, I sat there and said, I've wrestled in, in seven decades, and, and it is both just up to drop the mouth because I didn't think I was that old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and I said, if it's in your heart, you can't let it go. You know, it, 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 it runs through your veins, and it's just something that stays there. You know, uh, and when I feel like I'm broke down and I can't keep going then you know i i will step away from it i will but at this time i'm i'm still able to amen (laughs) absolutely (laughs) absolutely so at at this portion of the show um susan do you have any anything you'd like to announce anything you'd like to promote shout outs that kind of thing oh look on the internet on on facebook i have my gym there it's it's a gym and pain and glory um, it gives my cell phone number. Call me. I will call back. I, I don't answer numbers that I don't know, but I will call back if you leave a message. And 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 I have gotten many uh, students, and, and and a lot of them show up. And I want everybody to understand wrestling is a lot harder than it looks. Well, uh, my ring, the oh, ring that I train in is what I trained in. It's Johnny Valentine, Thunderbolt Patterson. Uh, I know him as Bob. I know Bob is Bob. And, and this, I'm talking about Sergeant Slaughter and Black Jack Mulligan. Um, uh, Bobby Shane, Shuri, uh, the Sheik. Um, many of them wrestled. You know, they stepped in this ring and they wrestled in this ring uh, that, I, that I train in. Uh, so it, it, it's got history behind itself. You know, And you might as well land on concrete if you land on my ring. It teaches you how to how to protect yourself. If you can you bump know. in that ring, you can bump in any ring in the world, trust me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well that's awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you so much survive. for coming on tonight. Yeah. I, I appreciate no, I truly, it. I truly appreciate you having having you on tonight. I, I anytime you need me, just give you know, give John a call, give me a call, and I'm I'm be happy to stay up and and, and talk. Uh, if we're able to get something going with NAWA, I'm, hey, I'm I'm ready to go. You know, I'm, I I just train and ride my Harley. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And, Tony, any shout outs you want to give for the week? Before I give a shout, I just want to go back to something that uh, Malcolm said, which he probably doesn't know this, but he's talking about that uh, Mean Gene commercial with uh, Coke. 
And that was actually shot in my hometown at Memorial Field in Mount Vernon, which is now a historic landmark in uh, New York. And uh, wow. yeah, that uh, yeah, that iconic. Uh, yeah, I've been there tons of times. Wrestled in that uh, outside arena quite a few times. But yeah, it's called Memorial Field in Mount Vernon. You can look it up, and that's where the Mean Joe Green uh, co-commercial was shot. Now comes right that uh, whole way. Can uh, I go there? Literally, that's literally <laughs> you know, like about ten blocks from my house. You know, literally very close to my house. Okay. But uh, wow, Chad, that's closing, awesome. I just want to thank the fans and everyone else and the panel and. I just want to say, you know, Jingle Ball, Daytona Beach, or Ocean Center, on December 19th, Saturday night, live on Fight TV, and just watch for our debut show, uh, which is going to be starting on Fight TV Network on uh, the first uh, Thursdays of uh, January at 8 p.m., and uh, you can reach me online at Tony Capone NAWA on Facebook, and I get back to each and every person personally. And uh, we'll be looking you on the panel, and uh, Susan, I'm going to get in touch with you, and we'll talk from there. Okay. All right. Thank you, Tony. Velvet, announcements, shout-outs for the week. Uh, everybody, hey, uh, everybody be blessed, stay safe. Let's uh, keep old school alive. That's what I got to say. Thank you very much. Hey. Awesome. Granny. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe and just be good to each other. And just I, I love you all, so I was glad to be a part of the show tonight. Oh, thank you. See, finally, Granny says she loves me. Since I'm part of you all, (laughs) she loves me. (laughs) uh, Chaz is yet to be determined. You know, loving you is yet to be determined, Chaz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Sure, take it back now, why don't you? Yeah. Steve, anything you want to say for the week, brother? Um... Yeah, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Stellar Steven, uh, twitch.tv, twitch.tv backslash uh, Stellar Steven. Uh, check out njpwworld.com for uh, some of their events. Uh, G1 Climax 30 wrapped up weekend. Uh, definitely some great matches in that tournament, and uh, reach out to me and talk about it. All right, so those are my plugs for the week. Awesome. Hi, Malcolm. You're up. Yeah, I'm Tony. Um, I just want to ask you, are you are you going to need me the the weekend of the twenty second and the twenty third of January? I'm not sure. Not I got this Hollywood. I got this Hollywood show. I'm really looking forward to. Four ladies that played Hench Girls on the Batman TV show: Sharon Winters, Gina Hill, Terry Moore, and another lady are all going to be there. Peter Dial was going to play. Dick Grayson, Robin for Bert Ward got the role, and Luke Gossett Jr. and Lisa Ibeck are going to be there from Officer and the Gentleman, Frankie Avalon, Mickey Dolan's the Monkeys. I got to go to this to this show, so I want to work with you on still being able to do your show and still being able to go to this show. Whether I got to take an airplane there or, or whatever I got to do, so, uh, that's what yeah, I want to do. So. It looks like that weekend we're open. Our next comeback is going to be February. I think it's February 6th back at uh, Ocean Center. I think it's going to be announced. I think okay, it's February I, 6th, the first Saturday of February. I just don't want – you're my new friend, and I just don't want to leave you flat. You know, I don't hey, want to leave that, you. Uh, you know, Malcolm, you don't know. Maybe I'll be coming out with you, and we'll go out to the event together. Oh, yeah, I'd love it if you go to Hollywood show me. <laughs> never know, my man. You never know. <laughs> I already got a room at the Marriott Marquis, an extra – I got two beds if you want to go. Wow, the Marriott Marquis. Way to go, Ric Flair. 
<laughs> there goes the neighborhood. No, yeah. tell me about it. Yes, it is. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a couple of brief announcements for the week. Please, everybody, be safe. Take good care of each other. Check out the NAWA both on Facebook, on Twitter at Tony Capone NWA on Facebook at Chaz Moretti on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and also at www.nawawrestling.com. I'll give you your entire NAWA fix for the week. And as they always said in the business, Dr. John, take us home. I'll take everybody home. Had a great time with Susan Green tonight. It's always good to have Tony Capone. Chaz, you're a pretty good co-host. I'll keep you again for next week. All of our guests, thanks for That's right. I can be pretty tough Thank now. You, I'll see everybody next week, Sunday night, 10 p.m., on the hottest spot for wrestling on um, the Internet, Wrestling Tonight. Join us. And Bill will be glad to be your new co-host after you fire Chad Moretti. Everybody. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Enjoy your night. Be safe. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there, too. Right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into like snuff film territory there. In the room, 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation 
Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.